0: all right welcome back to the podcast so today we have alex with us alex why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself
1: i'm alex i'm first and foremost a follower of jesus christ i am secondly a husband uh, a father um yeah and right now i'm really busy as aaron and i were just discussing but um I guess you know something i just i really believe in is doing your very best um it's something i've seen my dad do and it's something that was instilled in me no matter what you're doing and i don't always do my very best but it is one of the biggest ways we can glorify the lord is um, doing your very best and so i'd like to just be known and define myself that um i put in my very best best every day for his glory and, um, you know, proclaim that to whoever it may be, whether it's in church, friends, business community, family. Um, that's what I believe.
0: Yeah. So piggybacking off of the doing the best you can, um, one thing that you and I um, walked through or are walking through in the past would be a job transition due to just having to make hard decisions that was best for your faith and your family. Um, and being that faithful leader to what the Lord has convicted you over. And I feel like you can speak to that. Um, so what would be a time or season that you've had to make hard decisions to step away from a job due to a conviction or due to a, um, just your moral compass inside of you that Jesus is leading you in a different direction? Well, I got a list.
1: I'm, I just thought of another one we just didn't even discuss. So, so COVID happened. I got laid off from that job. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not going to just sit around and do nothing. And so I went to work for an electrician. Um, and then I was kind of doing handyman work on the side of that. And <laughs> one day somebody said something sarcastic to me. Uh, and they were trying to pretty much put me down. So I said something back and evidently they didn't like that. Cause when I got to the job site, they started saying uh, terrible things to me in front of all these people. And I don't know, this is the first time this has ever happened, but I went, wow, I don't need to deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just being confident in the Lord. And I went home. I mean, I almost left the keys in, it was the company truck, I almost left the keys in the truck and walked home because I was so close to my house. Um, But I took it home and I said, I think I'm gonna quit because I said, I'm making terrible money, I don't get treated well, why am I dealing with this? And um, so I put in my two weeks and the guy was like shocked, like, well, I didn't think you'd do that. And I'm like, well, I didn't think you were gonna like insult me in front of a bunch of people. And then because I had, um, I was doing like handyman work, I had like a, a pipeline of people and um i started uh i want to say it was like the monday after thanksgiving i started doing handyman work and man i was making amazing money just doing handyman work like fix my toilet do this and um hours hours were a little rough but um did that and then uh, that was just kind of like i don't need to be treated like this and you know the lord's going and it was just such a clear like why, why are you here so that was the first one. And then the second one is I was recruited by a company to come work for them. And uh, through like COVID issues, it, I went from, hey, we, you know, you're the most ambitious person at this company. It's just all over you. Um, we can totally see it. And I, that was actually at the time a dream job where um, I was like, honey, this is it. This is where I'm going to like be for the next 20 years. And uh, <laughs> Shortly after that, they said, uh, you know, if you don't compromise this moral dilemma that you have, you're gonna be fired. And I went, oh, wow, that's interesting. And those, that one was tough because I was going, okay, am I in the right here? Am I in the wrong? Like, should I do this? Should I not? Well, it's not that bad. And, um, and me and my wife just kept talking about it. And we knew that God was pushing us out of um, California at the time where we were at and God just provided. He's, he, uh, a friend called me out of the blue and said, Hey, do you want to, um, come up and work here? And I'm like, yes, get me out of here. Um, and so <laughs> I hope I'm, I hope like this is answering some of the questions. Yeah, for and, sure. And so then there was that one. And then there was one, um, more recently where I felt like they weren't, um, they weren't serving their clients in the best way they sh- they could have been. And, um, Everything felt like more of a show than actually hard work and um, doing the right thing. And a young man I saw, he was going through a similar thing and I saw him with his, um, his compromise. And I, I probably should have acted on that one faster because there was something in the back of my mind saying this is wrong, this is wrong, which is the Lord. Um, and I was distant to my wife at the time. I wasn't discussing it with her. And uh, one day I just kind of like, Laid it all out like this is going on and it's insane, and um, you know God's always provided a way out somehow for for me in my life and um, you know He says that in His Word He <clears throat> through temptation He gives us a way out, but He's always just for whatever reason there's always been another door that's open that's been pretty clear, um, yeah. So those are kind of my testimonies. I guess what was the question?
0: So that. Definitely tackles um, a few different seasons you've walked through in the past where you've had to make those hard decisions. So going back to the dream job,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: the job that you thought you were going to retire from 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. Um, how did it feel as the main provider or the only provider Yeah. Um, in your family with a wife, with kids, and with all these different responsibilities that you had, what... How did it feel to have to take that step and go to your wife and say, hey, we have to walk away? What was that conversation like? What pushed you to that? And how did you navigate that hard conversation? <laughs> well, my, my wife's actually, and maybe this is a, a more of a marriage thing,
1: my wife's never doubted me. So my recent transition I just had, um, you always get asked, well, what's your wife think? What's your wife think? And now I actually ask that a lot when people ask me about transitions I'm like, what's your wife think? What's your wife think? And my response, my latest response, and it made me cry was, my wife's never doubted me. And I said, she's seen a lot of money. She's seen no money. She's seen little money. And um, that I, I've just been blessed in that way. Like, she doesn't worry about money or finances. Um, that I, I guess, I don't know, maybe the man thinks about more but she's never doubted me in those things. And it's been kind of crazy to watch. She's seen me make, I don't know, $19 an hour to $55,000 to a hundred, back down to $18 an hour. Um, So she's seen all that to unemployed to, and um, you know, she's just always trusted me. And I I don't know if it's just because I put in her that I'm gonna work and I'm gonna get things done, yeah, it was more like, "Hey, honey, this is what's going." On. <laughs>
0: well, it sounds mm-hmm. like maybe that you've that you took the time to build that trust with her before the season happened, so that way she understood who you were, she understood your work ethic, and so on. So that way, if these situations or when these situations presented themselves, she had sure footing to know that you were gonna try that you were gonna make the best decision possible in the moment. And
1: I've and right and I've never given her any reason to doubt. So I don't, you know, I'm I'm fairly boring. I work. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I do some stuff around the house. <laughs> like yeah. I said, it's pretty. But I'm consistent, and I think that's one of the biggest things. Is that maybe I have put that confidence in her that he is consistent. He will follow through with what he does. Um, and that, I think that's a huge
0: comfort to a wife. Yes, I know my wife and I were having a conversation. Just a few nights ago, um, about the the anxiousness that can come from or in a wife if the husband is um, not consistently providing or not trying to provide. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that she and I have always talked about is no matter what happens, no matter what's going to come in our future, my job is to make sure that she's provided for, my children are provided for, they have a home to go to. And it seems like you also have loved that out in your personal life. Yeah. Yeah. So, with the marriage side of it, when you're walking through and navigating these hard times, communication has to be key. Yeah. Um, What about your children are little. Yeah. And so they obviously don't understand the ins and outs of dad's job or dad's jobs changing, this, that, and the other. But I do remember you and I were at men's study together, and you this was during this last transition. And you talked about taking your kids to the trampoline park <laughs> and how that affected you because your previous job just had you so incredibly busy that you couldn't do that. Or I couldn't be present with them because I was thinking about it yeah so how did that not being present even how did that affect your relationship with them in comparison to now that you're still busy yeah. but yet god's also like correcting the ship when it comes to that side of it
1: well i've heard two sayings one was a mentor uh from a church a while back who said um i don't know i think my firstborn was maybe one or two at the time and he's a very successful christian leader and he said uh Uh, don't ever look at a picture and go, like, yeah, I kind of remember that, but I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's always stuck with me. And then the other saying is, wherever your feet are is where your head is. And that's always stuck with, if you're at home, you're at home. You know, you're there. Um, you know, my dad's probably one of my biggest heroes. I, and I think some people can look at struggle a different way, but my dad worked a lot, um, monday probably through saturday sometimes sunday and he built um he had he had a business uh, with a partner that partnership got rocky that and then they split up and then he started actually a business from scratch in three months he almost died providing for his family and like i've kind of like looked at that and like that's amazing but some people might go well look at that's my dad chasing money and he didn't go on the vacations with his family i've always seen that as like that is kind of an amazing way to show your children. But he didn't have the boundaries, I think, that I put on myself that, yeah, I do have hard stops on Monday through Thursday, Friday. Um, I do put my phone away on Sundays. Uh, and, you know, I've tried to instill be your very best to my kids. Um, it's a big thing for us. And then, you know, they know this saying, because I say it all the time, how do leaders lead? Leaders lead by example. And um, I think they've seen that with me, that I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice, I'm willing to put in the hard work. Um, I, I heard this the other day, cause I'm like, how do, you know, how do you figure out sacrifice? I don't, that's like so hard for me to figure out. And like, how do you know if you're working too much or too little? And somebody said, he said, he made a commitment for 10 years that he was gonna work and he was gonna work very hard. And he said, here are the things I didn't sacrifice. I didn't sacrifice my marriage my children or um, my business. But he said, I did sacrifice all the little silly hobbies. And he said, I worked from 22 to about 35 and that's all I did. And I coached my kids little league games. I um, went on date nights, we went on vacations, but he said, I put away all the silly hobbies. And um,
0: that's something that men need to get better at, I think today. Yeah, I know it's easily, It's easy in the world that we're in now to be distracted. I feel like we as men are constantly bombarded with all the different little things we can either be involved in, like you and I were discussing a second ago, um, or being so focused on work that we're not really any good anywhere else. Yeah. Um, I can remember my dad coming home and he worked, I don't know, 10 minutes away from where we lived and it was a family business, but he was there all the time he got two days off a week one was sunday and one was thursday thursday none of us were there because i was at school Mm. sunday uh it was his day and i can remember him being so worn out with his job that he had nothing left to give us and how even when i got married and started having kids and and trying to navigate those waters i can remember being the same way yeah i can remember leaving for work working an hour away and working 60 to 80 hours a week and then coming home and crashing on the couch by 7 o'clock and having nothing to give my wife or my children and understanding now how that season really did take a toll on my children hmm. because, and my wife too because my wife was doing it alone yeah. and taking a step back when my wife and I relocated to see work as a way that God blesses you and what I am called to do. But it is not my first and foremost. It is a way that God brings blessing to me and to my family and to other people. But first and foremost, it's to my wife, to my children, to the church. Yep. And God uses our jobs as ways to bless us, not that it would overtake us and that we may become more than that. That's what's uh,
1: interesting with work too is um you know, it has a funny way to keep score, and, and moms don't really get to keep score. That they, they probably feel like, honestly, they're losing a lot. Yeah, yeah. And and husbands, they can go out and fight, and oh man, it's awesome, Erin. You got that sale today, and wow, dude, we're just so glad you. You know, and your ego can be inflated, and um, that's a hard thing to to keep in check. Um,
0: it's really hard for stay at home moms' egos to be. Uh, inflated when the children are complaining about food or complaining <laughs> about this or the this didn't go right at the house, my wife has definitely echoed many times at which she um that it's hard to be a stay at home mom yeah, and I think going back to hard seasons when we are we as the providers are having to step away from a job or to make different big decisions like that, it can be either difficult for the wife because they feel an uneasiness or like we spoke a second ago about, you know, your wife um, and my wife, that because we've put in the time to up their foundation within us, and by the way that we're going to handle ourselves and our business, that they can still rest at night to know that, it, that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And also knowing that bigger than that, if you're a Christian, and you're following God like you're supposed to. Ultimately, He's the provider. Yeah, you know He works through us. His Holy Spirit's in us, doing the work and being the example and doing what we need to do. And He's bringing the increase. Yep. All we have to do is be faithful where we're at. You know, having that faithful leadership in the area in the sphere that God has placed us in. Yeah. So looking back on those few hard seasons that you looked at or that you mentioned earlier, are there a couple? specific moments or times that you can see the hand of God working when you're on this side of the trial. Because it's always hard sometimes when you're in the middle of it, kind of like Job, um, when he was in the middle of losing everything, it's kind of hard to see the goodness of God. Yeah. But when you get on this side of it, it's easy to look back and say, okay, I can see God here, here, and here. So are there a few moments that you can think of that would be that for you? Well, I didn't see God in those seasons. I saw like, what, what is the
1: deal? I'm in a trial right now that I'm actually asking a lot of what is God teaching me here. And it's probably more that I'm finite than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I just can't, I can't keep going and going and going. And I, I felt, I felt the Lord saying, um, I don't know when this will be in the next year, three years, five years, but there will be a sabbatical coming for myself and my family. And I've definitely felt that um, because I, don't really want to be known for what I've done, what I've created, or or, or anything like that. I want to be known that you know I, I put the Lord first and my family second. Um, but in in the seasons, um, you know, I think that he's always he's always going to protect us. And he's always got my back. Um, I think that's kind of what I've really always seen, and um, <laughs> I don't always believe it. And definitely when there's, there's fire, I don't always see the water, but, um, you know, when I look back that he's been always faithful to us and it seems like things have always gotten better, not worse for me and Tracy. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I've seen him work in my life in those trials for sure. Yeah.
0: So is there, thinking back to where your mind was at when you were making these decisions before you made them? What would be a tip you could give the listeners that might find themselves in a situation where they're having to make the decision to walk away or stay when they feel torn between these different, these different decisions or paths?
1: Don't think about it too hard. That is a crippling thing to do. And my, one of my gifts, I think, is I don't think very hard. Well, that's a curse, too, because then I <laughs> go off and do something and probably I'm like, oh, well, I didn't think that all the way through but don't think about it too hard because, um, just in a time of transition, it's like okay, here's the facts. Here's not the facts. Should we do it? Should we not? It, you can just overthink things and overcomplicate things to death. And I, I may I don't know. I've just I've never tried to think very hard on things like okay, here's the decision. Let's make the decision. Let's do it. Um, so that's probably one of my biggest advices is don't think too much about it. And then at the same time, like if it's breaking um if it, if it's breaking god's laws then that's an obviously obvious decision right there i think the still small voice that keeps you up at night or isn't keeping you present with your family that's a big that's a big one right there is um you need to listen to that and you really need to um you really need to think about where the next spot might be or what your future would hold Uh, those still small voices. I feel like as a kid, I heard that voice a lot more than I do today with so much noise that's going on. But if you hear that still small voice of what's going on there, why is that happening? That doesn't seem right. That seems off. Uh, You should really, really listen to that and discuss it with your wife. That's something I've made a mistake before. Um, And I've just been trying to wrestle with it myself. And um, yeah, one of the stories, one of my favorite stories is Jacob wrestling with God, honestly. Because... (laughs) <laughs> if you look his whole identity is pushed away when he actually does it so his family his business all of that's like you know put to the kibosh on and then he's actually not just wrestling with God he's wrestling with who he is as well yeah and um he's saying say my name because actually in the beginning he was uh who's his brother my name is Esau Esau yeah so he was impersonating Esau mm-hmm. so he didn't he was trying to figure out who he was too, and he was asking God to say his name um, but yeah, i don't know maybe he maybe he wouldn't have gotten his hip out of place if somebody was there with him i'm not yeah. sure, but um you know just relaying it with your wife I think more so now
0: i'm always asking my wife for advice after the last couple of years. isn't it interesting how especially as men, we can draw our identity from our job. Absolutely. Something like, you know, Jacob wrestling with God. It's like when you are wrestling or when you're wrestling with who you are and you don't have a firm... If your identity is not firmly rooted in Christ and who he says you are, then it is very easy to get sucked into the, the minutia of life. It's easy to get sucked into... What do other people think of me? It's easy to be able it's easy to get sucked into approval from people yep. who don't matter to begin with. Yeah. Um, when it comes to your eternity. right? Where we're going to spend eternity comes only from God, not from the co sitting beside you, right. And so when we have that eternal perspective and we're rooted in Him and we have an open communication with our wife and with God and our families, that is a breeding ground for success. And, uh, and that is also where you can faithfully lead your family when all those boxes are checked. And you were talking about not getting so much wrapped up in the details. I feel like sometimes the devil can sit there and wrap up, get you so wrapped up in the what-ifs that you try to make all the decisions off of the what-ifs. But like my wife and I were talking about the other day, you can't base your life off of what might happen. Like, there does come a point in time where you have to make that decision and move forward with, with wisdom, with confidence that God has you where you're at for a season, and he may be moving you for another reason to another season. Yeah. So, to wrap it up, one question that we like to ask. Um, obviously, this is the Valleys of Victories podcast. So, what is victory to you what is what does that mean to you
1: i don't know i think i look back on both of those like the world is um success and i was reading a book that we as americans we just want more 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 and um i think this has been the last few weeks but i think victory is you know sammy Costa said it um i don't know if you read that book the hell with the hustle but what if your job is just here to love your family and love your neighbors? What if that's just your job? Yeah. And um, at the end of the day, once you die, it's only going to take a couple weeks and everybody's going to forget you anyways. Like, yeah. you know, I heard this on a podcast. That it said Kobe Bryant died. And it was like, oh my gosh, we lost Kobe Bryant. And then something else happened a couple weeks later. And it was like, all right, yeah, right, we'll move on. So I think victory is... You know, just making great relationships with great um, brothers, great sisters. Um, victory is watching my children and making sure that they're, they're um, living for the Lord, that, that, that they have joy, that they don't put their identity in their works, um, and that they're a light. I think that's the biggest victory. And that I just, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I created some amazing relationships and had some amazing friends. Um, you know who I may have done some cool things with maybe I haven't done anything cool with but um, you know loving your neighbor and loving your family I think I think that's really victory is you know we were talking about simple
0: yeah. making my life more simple yeah we can get caught up in all the craziness of life and think that we have to earn all this money or have all the toys but at the end of the day it's about loving God and loving people yeah. loving the one that you're around loving your family loving his church being plugged into a community of, of, fellow believers that you can just live life with. Uh, in the New Testament, it talks about just working with your hands, living a quiet life. Absolutely. And you know that's a quiet, of, simple life. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the opposite of what we find ourselves now with the, with the society we live in. More, like you said, more and more and more, they want bigger and flashy and more toys. But I feel like that's the opposite of a quiet and simple life me and my wife that's actually a good point
1: me and my wife were talking about that kind of dream building but actually dream building into the simple life and we were like if we made x amount of dollars annually could we just be fine with that Mm -hmm. the house we live in just that amount of money given 10 20 percent of it to church or or an organization i don't want to start another organization there's plenty of them out there and could we be okay with just that amount of dollars every year? And I was like,
0: yeah, that's great. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you start to weed out all the, like you talked about the unnecessary hobbies, right? Yeah. Like silly hobbies. When you start weeding out all these silly hobbies that take up time and money, and you just take that same effort and turn it into building something for your, something that will outlast you, which is your legacy. Yep. Your children. Children's children, those grandchildren. And um, I think that's really big. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on today and, and yeah. talking with us. Uh, we'll have to get you back on here soon. Absolutely. Thank you, man.